0: Love DC, DC loves you back with DC Love Scratchers from the DC Lottery featuring cash prizes of over a million dollars. Now, that's a lot of love. Play the latest DC Love Scratcher, it's their June Pride Scratcher only from the DC Lottery. It's fun to play. Hit us with a song. Sarah from hey Pre. <laughs> oh my God, Paul, uh-huh. I've got an announcement Sarah. for you. Uh
1: oh. <laughs> okay. Sarah
0: from Hate Woo! Woo! It's a podcast, hey. not a cast pod. Hey, Late phrase every day she'll make you say, oh, oh my God. God. Hey. She got the scoop hey. on Pop Culture News, so grab a drink. It ain't what you think. It's Sarah and the crew. Paul, I've got an announcement for you. <laughs> I'm putting your name Uh-oh. back on the show. Yeah. I ah. oh, am. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Oh my God, wait, wait.
0: the live show convinced me. I thought, you know what? Too much shit goes down. I get too much in trouble with my mouth. I say things. I thought, you know what? I can't believe I'm going to put your name back on this so then you're just as accountable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can I tell you something? I can't believe that you're starting with that. Why? I have to be honest. We are starting with so much honesty today. Oh, great. I was going to tell you today- Okay, what? That- I am finally going to leave that alone because I did talk about it during the live show. For those of y'all that weren't at the live show, I bring it up all the time because, you know, it used to be Hey Phrase with Paul Wharton. And then she did tell me she was working on a new logo. I come here one day (laughs) and these big pink white lips are on the thing and my name is gone and my face is gone. So I was salty about it. (laughs)
0: Now, I said this, I said, if if I'm going to do, uh, because for the past year, I have played around with formats, right? I yep. did this Mindful Monday thing, I did this Mindfulness thing, and I was like, okay, you know, you've got a lot of business adventures going on, you're mm-hmm. really here on Wednesday, so like, I'm going to make the show one thing, so people know it's right. one thing. Not, you know, every day with something different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that included just, you know, kind of like editing your name.
1: <laughs> and, and face. Face. <laughs> I mean, so, we got T-shirts and mugs made and everything. I had a poster at home with our face on it. I put that in the back of the closet. So this is going to the archive. Then,
0: you know, the, what I've realized is when when, you're, your name, when Hey Frasier is just like the show, then mm-hmm. it's like everything falls on me. And I realized after the live show, you know, the liability of our mouths, I thought, you know what? I'm going to put
1: his ass back no, on. No. Because I, I feel- got to send you to legal. I got to send you to legal. But I was going to come in here today and say, you know, I thought about that. And I, I think that's the last time I'm going to bring it up. Oh, the, you know. I, I it up think the it's funny. Show. I mean, you know, whenever I just, hey, I didn't want to come in. No, Suck I was, was here
0: about the AC that you think that I try to sweat your ass out. Let me that's... tell
1: you all, for any of y'all that were not at the live show, you know what this chick does? I don't care
0: at all. The logo, I think, is funny. She I think it's funny. comes and I'm put in the room
1: back before me because she knows I get there like right before we go on. And she tells everybody to turn off the AC. <laughs> I come in, fresh blowout, out, looking like. Two million dollars. Next thing I know, a bead of sweat is rolling. Why is this bead of sweat rolling down my head? I just started.
0: Well, by 10 minutes in, it wasn't one bead. It was (gasps) you were like so
1: I was having a major Whitney moment.
0: And honest to God, I swear. Because, okay, here at Podcast Village, it's true. I do mess with the AC. Mm -hmm. Like when we come in here lots of times, you know, we're post the Mike O'Mara podcast. So- those guys keep it's like a it's like an ice locker in here so I turn it way up to 76 and then you come in and you're like why is it so hot in here and everybody's like <laughs> sweating I'm like oh and for a long time I used to pretend like yeah. I didn't know what you were talking about I was like I don't know pretend. you know it's a <laughs>
1: it's a nice way of saying you lie so the- <laughs> <laughs> the
0: live show it was on his balls and you and danny were like sweating to and you guys were like you bitch you mess up. i was like i swear but the swear. audience was sweating
1: too you don't care this,
0: i wasn't sweating i was so comfortable up there i was like the you pros. were great oh well i mean you know was i yeah. I, I feel like i wasn't though <laughs> i feel like i wasn't my like you know normal self okay I didn't why do you feel that much. way
1: why do you feel that way? You think I, you need drink to, for one thing, the last show you were like on fire, you totally were better than me. that like the last show. <laughs> you know, and usually I hold my own. but that night usually. she came. no, 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 no. You were prepared.
0: December show, I think, was my best show because remember, we called my ex boyfriend. I had this really funny line about like giving a blowjob while lying down on the sofa or something, and people were like, It was, I was. You were on fire. Yeah. And that I
1: I had partied the night before. I had come in at like four o'clock in the morning. She was, she got like 12 (laughs) hours of sleep. That was your night.
0: That was my night. Uh, But no, it was fun. You know what? I think the thing is, is like, first of all like I was asking AJ this because AJ was in the back of the room for mm-hmm. the live show and she was watching I think everyone had a blast loved it everybody had, had a great the time. best time I think for us you know it's funny it's like you forget right when you when we set these up because we we had Danny Starr. she was the first time yeah. it was the three of us and you forget all of us are are major strong personalities yes so then you take that plus the live factor mm-hmm. and I always just feel like oh is it do I need to keep this on course? Should it be on course? And then sometimes I felt like it wasn't. So, but I am not, this is like my style. And over the years, people have emailed me and they're like, so-and-so cut you off during an interview or so-and-so talks to, like, no one ever says that about you because yeah. I think you and I have a good balance. Mm-hmm. And I've never been upset by that because I I never want to be. I've worked with performers Absolutely. where they always have to get the last fucking word mm-hmm. every time. You could have the greatest line of your life, and that's why I like working with you. Seriously, yeah. like
1: they step on your shit. That's don't why they? I'm putting
0: your name back on because it made me realize. <laughs> I, don't you're anymore, <laughs> I don't know if I'm available anymore though. I don't know. You're a generous. I'm going to sketch it in. Like, actually, it's going to be, like, really trashy. Like, instead of actually the legit one, I'm going to do a knockoff. of you, be <laughs> really bad. Like, so it's, like, a fake one.
1: I love this. So, this is a great day already. You're very
0: generous, though. When someone has a line, like, mm-hmm. in December at the show, yeah. you just, like, let me have my moment, and you're, like, good for you. You're very good oh, performer that Oh, you were on fire. One. I
1: was, like, watching your show. I just needed some popcorn. <laughs> I was like, this bitch is on fire. <laughs> she was, like, a stand-up comedian. You were, like, Chelsea Handler. Better.
0: Well, um anyway so that's what I appreciate about our okay. relationship because I've worked with mm-hmm. unfortunately most of them have been men who who they are gonna get the last word yeah okay so I'm just not that type of performer I don't want to cut people off I don't I just felt like at times that I was cutting you guys off to move things forward so I don't know right. how you did you think that I felt like kind of bitchy at times like, Okay guys. Well next you know. Well I, don't know. I, I just bad. didn't
1: think that you had a lot of opportunity to really chime in. Certainly you brought up topics, pop culture topics mm-hmm. and certain things. Like at the live shows, I think those are really made up of our fans that listen to the podcast. Yeah, that's true. So they I know like to, every. You know, I like to yeah. talk about things that we've talked about in the podcast, issues that we started. People really they're invested in this podcast. Right. And so it's our chance to see them in person and kind of finish some things that we've started. And of course, we have some fresh stuff, too. But I just feel like the other day I didn't hear a lot of you other than bringing up topics. Right. And I know because you got three people like yelling into the mic because Danny, you know, it was the first time that we did a live show with her. Right. You know, Danny holds her own and she does her own thing. She's yeah. got a point of view and a perspective. And um, she talks about her kids, which is different from what we normally talk right. about. Right. We don't have kids. We just and- don't have kids. And so she talks a lot about her kids, a lot about her monogamous relationship with her boyfriend. Yeah, you know, it sounds like they're having great sex. It's, it's like they're oh, man. phenomenal sex. But when I ask her about things <laughs> that have to do with, well, do you like anybody at work? Would you have fucked anybody at work? Did you like this lesbian girl that you went on this date with? What, what are you about? No, my boyfriend's here. My boyfriend's here. <laughs> I'm like, what? Danny.
2: <laughs> Paul was like, never bring him back. He's not allowed back because you're not giving me any dirt. You can't come
1: here.
0: Oh, you didn't. You want? Oh, oh my gosh. So Jeff's not allowed. Oh, that's so funny. Sorry, Jeff.
1: No, he's very what nice. Did you, Aj,
0: what did you think? What's your review of the show? Because I think when we're in it, it's hard to know. It's hard to. And people loved your amorosis. I mean, I'm. I'm telling you, I don't know how we're gonna do it. I mean, I'm gonna have to sell my body, but I think we ought to bring her back. <laughs> I think we ought to pay her fees. I'm willing to sell myself.
1: We how much? How much? Who wants out? to toe fuck we me? We can work it out.
0: <laughs> Who wants
2: to me? $400. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All in all, you guys did great. And I was in the back, people were enjoying it. I said this on Monday. I think people loved it. Yeah. And one
1: thing, one note for you.
2: I know the intro was rough.
1: The intro was rough and the house lights were up. They should be black. That's why people were talking too much.
0: Yeah, I don't now that, now that I wasn't in control of.
1: Oh, you weren't? I think it no. was, I
0: think it was a, well, first of all, and, and this to you was like part of it, right? So every, what you find out like working in comedy clubs, and, and you already know this, Paul, as a seasoned performer, but every night of the week has a different vibe, right? Okay. Like a mm-hmm. Friday night, people are just off work. They're ready to let loose. They want to get like drunk. Saturday night, still the same thing. But we did it Sunday, Father's Day, mm-hmm. which was amazing that we sold out, you know, because most people are hanging out with their dads. Mm-hmm. So... But people also have to work the next day. so I think too you have a whole kind of different like not fully letting this loose is true. you know so I mm-hmm. think we had to ride that wave then you know I think it was a different staff on on Sunday night with DC improv and they probably didn't know our routine, which was yeah we sure. like the house lights you know stage lights bright house lights dark because I agree with you I think when the lights are kind of up people feel more like hey they're but on yet, stage they can with see you. each
1: other right and they're like right, right, right. talking looking at people across the room yeah, you believe that yeah girl. Certain little side conversations. so
0: awesome. You're like, I love when you do this. Like at a live show, when people start talking, you're like, excuse me. I'm excuse
1: like, the show is up here. <laughs> because I'll leave. <laughs> okay. I'll take all this down to the Ritz-Carlton. And he Sit would. at the bar and meet me a man. I oh, will. But do you think that there was too much, con- too much going on with the three of us? Did you think that that worked?
2: I think it worked, but it was a little hectic at times. Okay. You guys have such big personalities, so it was a little like you were almost fighting for the mic sometimes. Okay. But like Sarah said, you did a really good job at letting someone have their moment.
1: Mhm. Yeah, Paul's but good is, at
2: that. He is. It's good just it's just big personalities all in
0: one.
1: Okay. Very magnanimous, as my dad says. You are being very magnanimous. You were on Father's (laughs) Day.
0: You were really good. And me too. I'm just like, I am just not going to, like what's the point of trying to one-up somebody? You know, because it is about our audience. It's about Mm -hmm. them having the best night of their lives, leaving there, wanting to come back, escaping their issues. So like if I'm on stage trying to fight with you and Danny, like what does that do for our audience? Did you feel like you needed
1: to fight? No, no, no. At some point, at some times? And it's okay to say that if you did.
0: No, I just think it's different than like a third person does add a whole nother element, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that you and I forget about because when it's you and me, I think it's totally equal airtime, of course, Absolutely. you know.
1: And actually, we need all that time. This is what I really think. <laughs> no, no, this is what <laughs> well, no, we do.
0: We are true. And it's so funny when we were talking yesterday, I was and you were like, you know, we're all narcissists in this business. And I thought to myself, we really fucking are. Yeah. Like, isn't that amazing? We're spending time. Meanwhile, while well, people are like at the border, they can't find their family members. Oh Here God. we are. We're like, you know what? <laughs> oh, is that a bad joke?
1: No, no. I mean, it's just... (laughs)
0: Everybody gets silent.
1: When I got up this morning, I was listening to the. This is a
0: comedy show, people. Okay, we're not. We realize, believe me, we are super upset about that policy. That's bananas. Don't email me. I posted something yesterday on Instagram the other day, Laura Bush thing, and people were like, but Obama had this. Obama had the policy. George W. Bush had the policy, but they didn't act on it. They never separated parents from kids. It's bullshit. Absolutely. So don't email me. Oh, I was. This policy was in place by the Democrats.
1: Oh, forget that. Who cares about. It did was, what, but they didn't now, separate parents charge. and kids. Yes, Let's figure this shit out. Stop today.
0: blaming everybody.
1: Oh my goodness, this is Sorry, terrible. To All right, well, <laughs>
0: back to you, back to you. <laughs> no, that killed my bus. No, we need That's the via- go ahead. We need the airtime. I like
3: this. Yeah,
1: <laughs> no, but we we kind of do, and and I think that when we bring in a third person, and Danny is a fabulous person to be there. By the way, it's too fucking hot in here. Turn. By p- the way, before, damn AC. Before you got down. here,
2: Sarah did turn
0: the air down.
1: I up. did I did normally like, as, up.
0: In, as in she colder, it is colder colder Sydney Sydney is uh Paul's enter can you go well it's just is what it is right Shannon's here too Shannon's our digital content creator mm. when Leslie isn't here the AC is on and it's down. It's set to sixty nine, but it's like seventy seven in here. It's the
2: building. It's so hot outside. It's So hot outside. Yeah. yeah. Sarah likes it to be right at sixty nine. I mean, I'll, that's her number.
0: I'm gonna not. I'm. I mean, I'm gonna tell you. I'm like as comfortable as can be. <laughs>
1: no problem. We'll we'll make it work. But I think that you remember when when Sammy was on the podcast and I used to yes. come and guest at the live show. I would come in for a segment. Yes. So you all had the show. Yes. And then I will come in for one segment. And I think even then that probably worked better than me sitting up there with you all for the whole time.
0: Yeah, you're right. And I'm bad at that, too. I'm always like because we have a guest today. Tony Lewis Jr. is here, who's an incredible activist here in Washington, D.C. He's an author. I am. I can't wait to read his book. I'd actually read about his book a couple of years ago. And the book is A Boy's Life in the Age of Mass Incarceration. This man, the work that he is doing is unbelievable. You guys are all going to buy this book when you after you hear this interview. Um, but anyway, it was it was funny because um, when you know he was here and we were talking about the show, I was like, oh, you can just stay in, and Paul was like, okay, Sarah, you can't just like invite everyone for the whole show. We're talking about dicks and like DACA. Like, She's like you just sorry. sit in and
1: chime. In. No, no, <laughs> no. Okay.
0: I know. Sorry. <laughs> I'm really bad. Like I'm very inclusive. Like, I always want people to so feel So, It was okay for you to
1: take my name off the wall, but yet you don't want to tell people to step out of the studio.
0: But you know what? I, this is what I've learned about myself. <laughs> it takes me a long one time more to time. learn I lessons. Said today's the last day. No, you're going to keep it. <laughs> I'm putting in a sketch. I don't have the rights to politics, so I'm going to do a knockup. What do I have to change? Three things. <laughs> I'm
1: going exactly. to I'm going
0: to do false logo. Turn with the pee around. A beer in your hand. I'm going to turn the P or, the pee around, and then on air is going to just become like one word. Make it I love really that. ratchet. Yes, I'm going to. Okay.
1: I'm on to you. <laughs> Watching your ass, producer. Watching right. you.
0: Think of ways we can ratchet it up. Anyway, look, uh, I, overall, I think it was awesome. The audience was great. I adore you. I have so much fun with you. I just think sky's the limit. And I, I'm just saying, I think I'm a Rosa. We're working on an August show. Yeah. Details coming soon. I I think she needs. I will do she's whatever. She's got a new
1: book coming out. She's got a new book coming out, and um, I will maybe
0: apologize and I will sign a waiver that I will not say anything about her finances post show. And she, if I do, she can sue me.
1: Why are you bringing this? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's gonna go over well. <laughs>
0: But <laughs> what else is going on before we get Tony in here we've got a couple of stories but I don't even think anybody cares do you you
1: don't think they care anymore
0: well I do have to say I love this woman we wanted to surprise you with a Paul Reacts and I think mm-hmm. we should just do it early in the show um, actually you know what maybe we'll wait till the end and, okay. and, and have Tony because we have a woman who trashed a planet fitness in Grand Rapids uh, Michigan and we okay. want your Paul Reacts oh I love it Paul Reacts is a segment we do I on Wednesday. Yeah. I saw it actually I saw it oh okay we want yeah, your I saw um, it.
1: so what's going on with me is this Saturday is the emmy awards
0: oh yes and by the way let me tell you this sh- the house lost it at the live show it when really paul did. was like
1: they want people, me to win
0: you're winning i i, I but if i, I don't okay, it's I
1: okay too now let me ask you a secret thing like aj you're not going to secretly be happy if i don't win right like ha ha, ha. That well, you shows think i'm like them. a
2: little jealous Mm-hmm. Oh, please.
1: Every time I look over at her when I say Emmy, she has to tie her shoe or fix her hair. There's always something going on like, over oh, there. Like, oh,
2: I dropped my pen. Got to just bend down and go <laughs> get it.
1: I'm watching you. So ass. I never have to look at my eyes. I'm eye. on to everything.
2: Paul, shut up. You know I'm proud of you.
1: Thank you. You can still come to my party. So I'm having an Emmy nomination <laughs> party just in case I don't win. Oh, thank win. God
2: I got the, got the invite. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just in case I don't win, I'm having a party the night before. Oh do you think that's okay. a good idea? Yes,
0: I'm coming. I can't wait for Friday night. I can't wait. I'm so yeah, excited. Yeah, we're not paying for the bill.
1: Okay, now what do you think I should do? Okay, they call. And the winner is, if they don't call my name, what is my plan? Like, let's <laughs> test faces. Any okay. reaction faces?
0: <clears throat> okay. Well, um, I always think... So here we go. I'll, I'll be the announcer. Tonight... For the Emmy Awards in the category of
1: best entertainment special,
0: best entertainment special. We have Kelly Jones from Richmond, Virginia, with hers about baseball. Whatever, bitch. Okay, Uh, then we have Tom Anderson, Delaware. Uh, He's got a special about cake making. Fucking loser. And then we have um, Casey. An- okay, <laughs> sorry, Casey Andrews. <laughs> sorry, Casey Andrews with a documentary about um, bread making.
1: Woo! Yeah, making. Casey. that's perfect. I love bread making. Yes. Beautiful, and
0: now Kelsey. we have Paul Wharton, Washington D.C. with Patty Labelle holiday special. Paul Wharton, everybody.
1: Yes, Woo! that's so Thank cute. <laughs> It's all because of you.
0: (laughs) Then we have um, Jared from Arlington with a documentary about Subway. (laughs) Okay, there we go. Okay. And the winner is Jared from Subway.
1: I love Subway. I love Subway. (laughs)
0: It's That's the perfect face if you don't win. Okay, and then now we'll just redo that because we know the, Jared from then, Subway is not going to win.
1: <laughs> and then the tears <laughs> aren't rolling down. Look, and I'm just... Thank you, Dr. Vitar, for freezing my face so nobody knows what's going on inside. Okay,
0: no, no, no. All right, now I think more, though, what are you going to do when you win? Because I think you're going to be so excited that you might almost... like. I think you could have like an out of body experience where you give the other contestants the finger or something where you just like have this moment because there's been so much pressure about this. Well, I have to say
1: something. The nominees actually aren't so bad, (laughs) like the way you described them was shit. But these people actually did some really good shows. I watched some of them. No, no, no. But they were all big musical performances with orchestras and stuff like that. And there was one that's like follows these kids that are also musicians and their personal lives and their. I was like, these people really came to town. So they weren't so bad. Oh,
0: shit. The competition's tough. <laughs> the
1: competition's got it tough. I thought tough. they might have done one. And like- you know, my only fear is, because I can talk to you people, because you're my people, is what if someone in the South or someone in a red state judged my show? You got a black gay man and Patty LaBelle, all hair diamonds and determination, sitting up there talking about patty pie, drinking wine and champagne, you know, I think that will help you, though. The
0: South loves that. The South loves to pretend they're prim and proper, but believe me, they love an over-the-top gay man. I think that will actually go well for you. Yes, Southerners always do. Have you read the book Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil? Oh, my God. And it's a fabulous movie. Oh, my gosh. It's about this transgender performer that everybody loves in Savannah, Georgia. Oh, you, well, you know, I think you got it. If the South is, I think is in the just, age
1: of of uh, Trump, I'm just like fearful of these things. I had thought about this stuff for eight years.
0: No, the problem is if they're in the North, then they're low key racist.
1: Ooh,
2: yeah. You better
0: hope like for more Southerners. From? Yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs>
0: Yes. Okay, I feel like the Joes today, I Evil hope people- sits
1: among us. People. <laughs> Evil <laughs> sits among us.
0: I voted, I said in the future, I will be a judge. And then they said, okay, are you willing to oh watch 25 hours of footage between the hours of, or between April and July? I was like, fuck, no, I don't have that kind of time. I can't judge if you want me to watch 25 hours of film. It's a long time, yes. So, You'll okay, hit me with a,
1: hit me with a winner.
0: Okay, here we go. Now, in the category of long form specials, the winner tonight is Paul Wharton with a holiday special from Channel 5 in Washington, D.C. Paul Wharton, Patty LaBelle. Yay! Oh my god,
1: you're supposed this be.
0: Yes, oh <laughs> someone what? twerking. He's twerking. He's twerking. Oh my god. He's twerked all over the competition. Oh, my God. Those poor people that did the musician thing about the impoverished kids. And he's twerked all over. Oh, is that okay? If you're not watching the Facebook Live, you are missing out. You have got along onto Facebook. Hit Sarah Fraser. It's Sarah Fraser now for pages. That was
1: great. I'm just going to twerk all the way yes, up to the stage. You should.
0: You should. Do you think I
1: should prepare something or is that bad luck?
0: I don't know. What do they do with the Emmys? Do people give long? They don't let you give a long speech, right?
1: Listen. You're not going off. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm speaking. I'm giving a speech.
0: I would say you got to do something in two minutes. But yeah, a lot of people helped you make that happen. I mean, you, a lot of people you drove it, but Patty no, did. I think it was Patty's daughter, right? That you're very close with who ended My up. Daughter-in-law. Daughter-in-law mm-hmm. who made it happen. Production people at Fox. Five. A lot of people gave you a lot of.
1: A lot of people. Yeah. I told you when I was in the van leaving her house, the guy was like, I'm backing the van out of Patty's driveway. He's like, damn, you got a show in a in a crew of 10 people and you drive the van. Damn, you gangster. <laughs> That's what Patty's little helper in the house said. I'm trying to back the van out. He didn't know I just backed it out so I, they wouldn't run over her bushes. <laughs> and then I got in the passenger seat and sat down, <laughs> sat down and had a nap and had them go into Cozy and get me a sandwich.
0: I can't wait. We cannot wait until next week. Uh, Let's hit like two stories and then we'll get Tony in here. So um, is this surprising you? But they say that four in 10 people have deleted their social media accounts in the past year. You getting ready at all, Paul, to delete your Instagram, your Twitter? Uh, By the way, people are citing fake news as a big issue that people just want to argue with you on social media. And they say overall the stress of do you have anxiety now checking social? No, I don't. I don't either, but I mean, I kind of think it's interesting what people say.
1: I'm really having a good time like putting my phone down. I'm doing that a lot. Like, I put it down for long periods of time because I was raised with a sort of anxiety from being a child. My mom would always say, Well, something might happen. This might be the last time I see you. You know, little stuff like that when I would go away on vacation, like to Cleveland, and she would stay home, you know, or call me when you get there. Well, I'm just going down the street. Well, call me when you get home. So that's created a sort of anxiety that I came to realize later in life recently. And I'm like, you know what? If I don't have my phone on, you call in the middle of the night. Usually I probably can't do anything anyway. So I turn my phone off sometimes.
0: Good for you. You need it. You need it. Absolutely. I always do it. My mom's the same way. So like when I'm home in Maine with my mom, my brother, my niece, I know they're all good. So I, I don't even bring my phone. I'm like, okay. Nothing. They're all here. I love it. Everybody's fine. Right. So I'm not bringing my phone for like three days. Oh, that's wonderful. It's so nice. Um, Now, when you go to parties, what's the etiquette? I feel like if there's anybody on the show that knows etiquette. You're at a party. Everybody has dips now. Hummus is very popular. Ranch dips. uh, You know, they make sort of a spinach dip. What's the deal? Can you double dip? Or are you not? Double
1: dip? (laughs) Like you take a celery stalk and you dip it in and you take a bite and you dip it back again? Yeah. I've broken up with somebody over that.
0: You have? For double It was only the first
1: date. I was like, this just will not work.
0: So what's the etiquette? You're supposed to get a spoon and you spoon out the sauces onto a plate and then you dip.
1: Yeah, you spoon out the sauces or you take the one stalk of celery and you get all of the dip that you're going to want for all the celery and you put that on the plate and then you get two more stalks.
0: Well, you're right because microbiologists have released uh, this week another finding that reveals that double dipping can spread bacteria very quickly, including herpes. Sour cream is the worst. They say also the neurovirus, traces of saliva get in a dip and allow germs to multiply. They say sometimes you can get the neurovirus, feeling sick to your stomach, the flu, from dips. People double dipping.
1: Oh, my God. This is like (laughs) my worst fear come to life. Are you serious? Yep. So I'm just not neurotic and crazy? That really does happen, They say
0: thicker dips are hard for it to, uh, to transfer as much. So a crudet, a crudet. Is that kind of it? A
1: crudite or what? Crudite,
0: Uh, thank you. Oh, my God. I'm so unsophisticated. uh, crudite. Uh, Hummus. They also say hummus, it's hard for bacteria to spread. But if you've got a sour cream dip, it spreads
1: very quickly. This is not bothering anybody else. It's bothering me. They're all like this.
0: Shannon's twirling her
2: hair. I love ranch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a salsa girl. Would it transfer easily in salsa? Because it's, you know. Are you a double dipper, Age? I can see that. Sarah, I'm a double dipper? Mm -hmm. You're right, I am. Truth be told. (laughs) Sarah. There, your ass is a double dipper too. Uh-huh. I am,
0: but you know I have herpes, so I I really oh, gotta not do this. I do. I have mouth herpes. Look
2: at our three do person really? company party. Yes,
0: you didn't know that. Oh my god! Yeah, somehow along the way in my life, I don't know. I made out with too many people. I used people's chapstick. Drank after them or dip.
1: What I have, like The mouth to your herpes. Mouth? You get the thing. Yes. On, what happened? It comes on the outside. The cold sore. Yes. Ever, have we ever seen that before? Yes. Uh,
2: I've the never next seen time. It, but I told her today. I was like, Oh my god! I shared a
0: margarita with you at the live show. I definitely have herpes now. Never share anything with me. You never know when I'm going to have a mouth herpes pop up.
1: That's not good. <laughs> what the hell would I look like with the big old crusty thing? Thank God I've dodged that bullet. Can you imagine?
0: I don't know how you have because supposedly they say that like 70% of the population has the mouth herpes. Did you, you have it and it
1: never comes up? Herpes too.
0: Eww, well, it's
1: I, never popped up, so I'm still in the clear. Lucky you, as I brush up against his mic. All right, one last. Let's get
0: Tony Lewis on here because we're going to do Paul reacts with uh, with the uh, Planet Fitness video, and then also I want to ask you about a former friend of the show. She's in a situation she just found out. Okay, she gets paid a salary. All right, she works for this this influencer, if you will. I don't want to give too many details away. But former friend of the show, she works for an influencer, and she, she makes $33,000 a year. She finds out the influencer just bought a $10,000 sofa, and this influencer has given her all this shit about what she can pay or what she can't. So I want to know what your advice is to this woman. about: Do you ask for a raise? Do you just flat out quit? And this person has basically held it over her head and said, if you quit, our friendship is done, your job is done, everything.
1: Well, if you quit, yeah, your job's done. Um, I think that there are a lot of people making $33,000 a year and their bosses are buying $10,000 couches everywhere in the world. You,
0: d- that's terrible.
1: But don't you think at all the big corporations, just I mean, there are people that are making millions of dollars a year and they have $33,000 employees. Okay.
0: This is probably why I will never be a millionaire boss, but I could never live like that. How can Maybe you, how can not you in the same make- office. How, if I'm making $2 million a year, if we, okay, when this show makes $2 million, are mm-hmm. we really going to pay AJ just forty grand a year?
1: Who are you asking, you or me? <laughs> now, I'd pay her more.
0: Okay, thank you. Me too.
1: <laughs> I'd pay her more. Yes. I don't know about you. Oh, my
2: God. You know, I'm going to keep my mouth shut on this one.
1: What, oh, you, what you got to say? You don't think I'd pay you more than her?
2: Oh, well, in the past- <laughs>
1: In the past, I was paying you when you weren't making any money here. What in the past? When you were working for me, you were making no money here. What else you got?
0: Today's show, by the way, is brought to you by DC Lottery. Their June Pride DC Love Scratcher is out. You need to pick it up.
3: It's the place to be. The only place for me. Feeling that DC love. I got that DC love. I'm so happy that it's mine. Love is so divine. Feeling the DC love. I got that DC love, yeah. Love DC. DC loves you back with DC love scratchers from the DC Lottery, featuring cash prizes of over a million dollars. Now that's a lot of love. It's my celebration. My DC revelation. Feeling the DC love. We got the DC love. Love, yeah. we got the DC love. Play the latest we DC, the DC Love Scratcher. Celebrating pride. Only the from the DC love. Lottery.
2: It's fun to play. Available where DC lottery tickets are sold.
0: All right, you guys, you know we love Mervis Diamond. We're obsessed. Paul and I wear their jewelry. Um, also, two things: they were just named the Knot.com Best of Wedding 2018. Yay! <clears throat> And the knot.com, they're now in their Hall of Fame for weddings. Amazing. Um, Go there. They're the premier spot for engagement rings, bands, unbelievable. Or if you're not even in the market for an engagement ring, maybe you just got a promotion at work, treat yourself for some great diamond studs. They have those, some hoops a whole wide variety of jewelry. Either way, three locations, one in K Street, one in Rockville, Maryland, one out in Tyson's Corner. We love Mervis Diamond. Uh, Check out their website, MervisDiamond.com. One more sponsor we got to thank too. Of course, you guys know this Saturday, June 23rd, AJ, Leslie, myself, we're going to be podcasting live from Well Ray in Delray, Alexandria, Virginia. You want more details? Go to WellRayDelray.com. Tons of free classes they're offering. We'll see you guys starting at 10 a.m. this Saturday. All right, well, Tony Lewis Jr. is here, who's oh, an incredible segue. author, <laughs> an incredible activist here in Washington, D.C., and has an Unbelievable life story that I am obsessed with and learning about every day. So much more and more. Tony, thank you for being here. Hey,
3: Tony. Yo, happy to be here.
0: So, look, your book, I've been reading so much about, watching interviews about you. Um, And the book is all about mass incarceration and the story of your life. Yeah. Your father in the 80s, along with his business partner, were, were basically the biggest drug dealers in Washington, D.C. Sure.
3: Yeah, before and since. B-
0: before and since. No yeah. one's ever been bigger. Here. And at nine years old, your entire life changed when your father went to jail. He is currently serving a life sentence without parole. Um, and you talk about how mass incarceration in this country doesn't just affect the family that goes through it, but an entire community. Sure. So yeah. can you tell us like really sort of abbreviated a little bit about your your story yeah. and um, how mass incarceration? I, you know, clearly in reading and, and listening to, you know, the effects, but tell us more about it.
3: Well, um, so I'm from Washington, D.C., as you stated. And uh, what I wanted, what I sought to do with the book um, was to show um, a lot of the conversations around mass incarceration has been about the inmate. Right. You know, we know uh, America is the biggest jailer in the world. Insane. Right. Five percent of the world's population, 25 percent of the uh, the prison, the prisoners in the world. Right. So um, I wanted to talk about the collateral damage that that system caused. Um, So from my family. Um, to my community to my city to the country right and in urban america um, and then also in rural america this has happened so when you take people away what happens right um what are the impacts uh who's left and how do they sustain do they mm. sustain mm-hmm. and 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 do they or do they follow into this the cycle is created in, in in people um you know it's normalized and people tend to fall into these different silos and um, you know, when we start talking about the offshoots, uh, whether it's uh, mental health, whether right. it's gun violence, uh, whether it's, um, you know, gentrification. Mm-hmm. So all of these things that I, I wanted to show that mass incarceration was not an island. Right. It was interconnected with all the other societal problems. And so if we address that. Then maybe we can start to um, help those other issues.
1: Did you see Jaden Smith's recent interview uh, where he talked about how the school system, the yeah. public school system is preparing young, <clears throat> mainly black uh, men for the jail yes, system. Yes, they called. What did it you the think about school that? School
3: to prison pipeline. Um,
0: what does that mean, by the way? So, in what way? So
3: basically, um, in schools, right? Uh, when kids behave or misbehave, um, a lot of times there's a they're they're expelled. I'm suspended and expelled. Um, they are uh, a lot of times there are uh, law enforcement called in to uh, bring order. To, to classrooms, right. you know, uh,
1: walking in the line. You talked about the authority figures I, and how you absolutely. respond to them, especially the in recess. urban community,
3: right? You also you, right, recess. You have you the have bell rings. The bell rings. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's all formulated, right? Like mm-hmm. prison, it's preparing you. But it, and one can say it's also preparing you for work for structure, right? For structure, right? Yeah, sure. Um, but in urban communities, um, in in, in many ways, where with, with mass incarceration it, it, it is a is a is a is a real thing, uh, you find that. Uh, the suspension rate for 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 boys of color um, disproportionately uh, is, is different from those uh, if they had white counterparts or, or children in more fluent communities so it's the same thing some of this stuff is just teenage behavior or, or child behavior right we you know kids act out sure. um, but the consequence is different mm-hmm. and that's the that's the thing that I think um, is, is, is is very clear the data is there uh, but I think the backdrop to that as well when you look at mass incarceration is what's going on in the homes of the communities that these kids are coming from. Sure. When you start talking about support, when you talk, if, and we also live in a time, you know, um, where mommy goes to jail as well. Absolutely. Right. Black yes, women. Yeah. You were talking,
0: tell us about that. You said that black women is. It's it's the fastest
3: growing prison population. So, so typically. Um, Did both you know, your parents go to jail? No. no oh, just no, your father. Just my dad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and so. I, my I was with my mother in, in most cases in communities like the one I come from. That's what happens, right? Uh, but what happens when mommy go to jail mm. in that same very community? Right what do now. you find does happen? So kids either will go to a relative, typically grandma or, or auntie or whatever. Right. But in many many cases, those people are not necessarily as stable as you want them to be. A lot of those kids find themselves in the foster care. Yeah. So this is this, is, this is another level. Um, I've done a lot of advocacy too to help.
0: How ironic.
3: Um, encourage school systems to start to try to at least formulate something to identify children with incarcerated parents so that we can support them, provide mentorship, behavioral health, you know, uh, support, whether it's counseling or or grief and things of that nature, um, assistance with with trying to get children uh, to visit their parent, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, which we've seen can be um, I mean it sucks right it's not a it's it, it, it sucks to have a, a parent incarcerated but to have contact with that parent is very important for that child but it's also equally as important for that for that parent um that those parents that are connected to their families tend to be better inmates, uh, they tend to also, uh, the recidivism rate for those inmates tend, tends to decrease because uh, that family bond is is, 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 is is held on to um, as much as it can be in that situation.
0: Your parents were very, very young. Your father was 26 when mm-hmm. he went to jail, sentenced to life, which yes. just seems unbelievable. Um, but, you know, I said, your story is so fascinating because you did, the first nine years of your life, you lived an incredibly wealthy lifestyle. Yeah. You know, that you're, I think you said at one point, your father had how many Mercedes or like,
3: yeah, I mean, he would have, you know, and that, yeah, about, you know, seven, he had coffee each week. And that, wow. you know, and you know, what's was interesting, right? I wanted just for some clarity, like I, I, I'm not even that guy to be like, yo, we had this, right. this, and that. Right. But I think it's important just to um, show people kind of what was going on. Um, but I'm as in the book, I'm 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 as clear or even more clear about the pain uh, that come that came along after that, right? So it's mm-hmm. definitely not a book fulfilled with any glorification of the away lifestyle. Away you, it all went away. Yeah. It all went as away, and, he, and a lot of other stuff came. Okay. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, he was a, a father that you know. Uh, pick me up from school, help me with my homework, like, you know, even though he was major drug dealer, he was an active dad, right? Mm-hmm. So to have that person removed, um, biggest trial in the history of this city and 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 they were like housed at the quantico Marine Base. All these things that I had to go through, like you visit I had to visit him at us at the sale. So it's mm-hmm. no visiting hall. It's a marine it's a marine base. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um and I don't really think, you know, I don't know anybody else that was housed at a marine base, but that's another story. Um but just Showing you the impacts of being in court, impacts of it being on the news every day, and them getting life without parole, yeah. right? And what that means. Um, but, and then my, my mother losing her sanity as a mm-hmm. result of that and that mm-hmm. lifestyle change and not being able to adjust, and uh, us feeling unsafe, us getting carjacked. And, and this is happening in a time when DC was the murder capital of the United States, or it would soon become that. Um, so I grew up in the 90s here in the district where it was just violent. Period. And so my teenage years was filled with me losing my friends. My father was, um, at that point, was in Lompoc, California, Mm -hmm. um, in a a U.S. uh, penitentiary there. So he was 3,000 miles away. Um, Between 1990 and 2003, I went to California three times. Mm -hmm. So I probably spent 50 let just say 54 hours with my father in 13 years if that can make people see that you know to understand what i'm saying
0: oh I, I know paul's got many questions for you too but tony what is it do you think was it something that your parents instilled in you was it a relative like what you know it what was I that hear, it was it was
3: my it was my
0: but how are you not like you know you you lead with love which i just think is so amazing and and why i just adore you is But how do you do that? Because you have come from and and seen so much that a lot of people listening to this podcast have never experienced. How have you chosen that path of I'm going to go back into the community of Washington, D.C., and I'm going to help everyone. And, you know, I'm going to take the phone calls when there are shootings. And so how that path and not I would think a lot of young men would go, Okay, I'm going to pick up where my father left off.
3: Sure. that's 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 a great question. Very. You know your own point completely i think um well i had a solid foundation right uh, my my parents were big on values and and, and community um i also these these the men that i grew up around mm. my father my uncles all of them what society would call gangsters or criminals or whatever right which they you know they they were in a legal lifestyle they lived an illegal lifestyle. That's a fact. So I'm not saying not anything different. Right, 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 But what I saw them do, we um, talk about modeling. I saw them take care of people I saw them. Mm-hmm. They taught me to love because of what we had. Uh, they taught. They taught me that I was not better than my friends or people that didn't have what we had. And my role was to give and to support.
1: But they brought a lot of resources into the community as well.
3: Absolutely right. Yeah. And people with. And I, again, I get the other side of the aisle. Sure, true. They were selling drugs. Like yeah, but it wasn't. They were. They also weren't just ravaging the community and not helping people. Right. Um. And s- s- the same people who needed help that, and, and from from our perspective, that the government didn't help. But that's a, you know, we could talk, mm-hmm. you know, we can do that. Right. Um,
1: Is there any fear anymore with you in telling the story and talking about these experiences? Has that lingered from those days?
3: That's a, that's a great, that's a value. No. And, and the reason because, I mean, uh, it was a lot of violence associated around that mm-hmm. case. Um, my father's a nonviolent drug offender. And even on, in our world, like in the street, he never was known for that.
1: Okay. So right.
3: no, nah, there's no, you know, it was no recourse, and no. I, and I grew up on the same block my parents grew up on. You know, um, yeah. So no, on that to answer that question, but it, it just was the, the the principles and the morals that was in my grandmother, my maternal grandmother. She raised me. You know, when my parents couldn't anymore. Uh, so that was love was always a part of not just my household, but my community. And on Hanover, like where I grew up at we we were always taught to take care of our own. So as I grew and in and, and, and bumped into my gift in terms of being an activist or whatever, I carried that with me. So what what started with just taking care of my friends or my immediate community started to be let me try to take care of my city, if you will, you know? Yes. So that's kind of how it how it happened. Um and, and again, some of the things that we hear about in terms of uh, even some of these violent occurrences, like, you know, it, it, there's context. I, I wanted Slug to be a, a, a symbol of humanity, the humanity that exists where I come from, even in the midst of all of that sure. criminality.
1: I'd love to know what your dad thinks about the book. he loved love it. He loves it. You he actually went it. there. Has he seen it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean my dad, he's read the book. We're he's... really
3: close, you know. Okay. As close as one, one could be. Um, I'm I'm happy to say that, you know, he's back on the East Coast. He's been back on the East East Coast the last like fifteen years. Oh great. We talk a lot and, and you know, what's cool though about the experience, my dad's a very private guy. So the things that I didn't experience, the things about his life that I didn't know or did happen before Mm -hmm. uh, I wrote, I was I was here before my memory. I had to talk to him about, obviously. Right. And he was very forthcoming. Uh, But but the other part of that is that he didn't see it until it was that because I wanted to keep it that honest. Absolutely. I I had to do that. I couldn't ask him. Was it Is it okay for me to say this? Because then it wouldn't have the integrity that I wanted it to have. And I wanted to connect with readers in that way that it was that authentic. Um, so when he read certain things, he was like, oh, yo, you said that. But the, the, the other part of it, you guys, my dad been gone. Even though we're close, we talk. But it's so much in my life that he wasn't there for. Yeah, So he sure. learned a lot Birthdays about me in that book. And, yeah. yeah,
0: missed all that. Sure. Um, I was asking this before. You know, you talk about some of the other relatives that you had that were also dealing drugs and live this kind of gangster lifestyle. What What's your father's thought process now? Because... Yes, they gave back to the community. But then you're very honest and brutally honest about, you know, the drugs, basically the all the issues that drugs bring to a community as well. Yep. Is it hard for your dad as he gets older to reflect? And again, he was a young man and he grew up without a father. So it's it's but is it hard for him to reflect on? I'm sure a lot of people died. You very, know, a lot of people. Very,
3: yeah, he's very remorseful um, and accountable. Yeah. He's also, you know. He knows that a lot of the choices that he made was was prompted by his circumstances. Yeah. Uh, you know him not having a father him my, my grandmother um, his mother leaving them at certain points them growing up extremely poor and some of the decisions that he's very he says even you know some of the decisions that he made when he was making them he he didn't he wasn't proud of them but he felt like that's what he had to do in order sure. to survive. So um you know, the biggest thing is that, you know, he's missed nearly the last, you know, basically the last 30 years, right, mm-hmm. um, of not just of his life, but obviously of my life, and now he's a grandfather. I so, know, he has two beautiful uh, yeah, granddaughters, you, Yeah, and yeah.
0: and your, we're, we're going to bring a picture of your sure. dad up. They look like twins. Wow. So Tony and his father look exactly alike. Yeah. Is there any chance, what can you tell us? I sort of, I kind of got this vibe from you when you walked in, is there any chance that he could see some non-prison time like yeah, that what's I the status so. are, are you all working with an attorney
3: what sure so we got a couple of things brewing um we're really trying to submit uh motion for the what they call a two-point reduction mm-hmm. uh opportunity for him to get a sentence reduction based on mandatory minimum sentencing yes which would uh if he got the what they call a two-point reduction it would take him out of the life bracket. And into um, the thirty-year bracket, which means he would be coming home. And the other thing, and I'm, uh, you know, just dreaming of like maybe uh, meeting Kanye and Kim. <laughs> <you> yes, <guys. laughs> me too. That's what I was saying to him, I was
1: like, yeah, "Here's
0: a picture, by the way, on our Facebook. You can always log on Facebook.com uh, It's Sarah Fraser hit pages and Tony and his father. I mean, your daughters are absolutely adorable. Oh, and so
1: cute.
3: I
0: mean, your dad is so handsome. And
3: you do look like twins. That's, a sad, that's sad for me though because i'm i oh, really hate taking my babies i mean taking my babies in, in in the prison we went Friday it's just not cool for me yeah. and as yeah. my my oldest isabella like she's you know she's so aware right and and she was just like yo know, she was like daddy why pop pop can't come with us you know it's yeah. tough yeah. that's tough I mean I remember and his answer was just like you know maybe next time but I remember it you know, that was me. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. why daddy can't come home. You oh, know? I mean, yeah. break your heart. And
0: I said, <laughs> you know, in thinking about this interview, right? Cause I, I my lifestyle and my upbringing was totally different, right? I was growing, born in Maine, you know, grew up, it was all white people. And I said the hardest and the challenging part about being woke, right, and learning about white privileges, then you're woke. And then you see like, you're like, oh, my God, it breaks your heart, like what other people go through. And when you're young and, and even up until four years ago, you think, oh, well, isn't everybody in this country given all these opportunities? And then when you begin to learn they're not, it's like, it's it's hard for me. Anyway, I take it very emotionally. Um, but I think to myself, like, what do you and I have in common? Where can we meet in the middle? And it's about loss. You know, it's about having that rug ripped out from under you. And mine was, I lost my father to cancer in high school, but I know what it's like to count on A person and then all of a sudden that's taken away and even though our circumstances were different that grief because it really is grieving you know that you don't get to see him and he missed all those birthdays and you graduating from high school so it's like I connect with you and I think other people listening once you lose something precious doesn't matter how it was lost you know we all connect on that level what you know prison and jail is a business in this country It's a business through attorneys. It's a business through keeping beds going. It's a business through government, you know, funded jails and everywhere. Um, If you could wave a magic wand, what is the prison reform that you would like to see?
3: Um, I think the prison reform uh, that I would like to see would start in stopping people from going to prison or stopping those that have been from returning. And I think that's really rooted in economic development and hiring policies um Ah, yes
0: because i I, you know i have a relative that just came out of jail for a first time drug offense Mm -hmm. and it's so hard you know he's looking for a job and he's just terrified that once they do a background check
3: yeah he should gonna be he should be you know because i mean particularly like in areas like dc where you have such a knowledge-based job market it's not there's no shipyards or farms or anything that you you know there's a very knowledge-based uh job market and you know a lot of so much of the um the uh, job market is cut off for people with criminal histories. I mean, you think about hotels, hospitals,
0: everywhere public
3: transportation. You probably can't schools. work any government
0: job, <laughs> yeah. right? Or you, the,
3: the, the the local government, yes, because local government has been active around okay. engaging that population, um, uh for certain positions. Right. Okay. So, um but when you start even down to some of our infrastructure, uh Uh, companies like Pepco or Mm -hmm. you know Washington Gas or you wouldn't believe the people that have restrictions on people you know if people with criminal histories no matter what it is too that's the other part of it a lot of times you would think you know murderer rapist or what have you but it's not it's, it's much broader than that but typically when people hear felon that's what they think Child molester, rapist, murder, right? And well, most most people, that's not their charge. But Mm -hmm. but no matter what the charge is, if it's a felony, it's like this broad brush. Like okay, no, we're not accepting that. And you know, we have we've had some movement around it but it's it's definitely not enough so i think it needs to start there okay and also on so in in prison start to really prepare people for in-demand jobs so they're getting skill sets that they can actually go out and get a livable wage career Mm -hmm. i think that if those two things can happen then we'll be getting somewhere so because what happens in in the offshoot of that will be people returning to their community, um doing positive things, sure. setting positive examples. So the generation behind them will know that and not know a criminal lifestyle. It's not simply about choice as much as the or you know, uh the choices people can see. People have to you know, I can know a lawyer or I can know that I can be a lawyer or a doctor, but if I what if I don't know a lawyer though, mm-hmm. right? right? What's my scope on that? I never saw a man go to work so I right. didn't even want to be anything. I mean, it all it starts there. Like, I didn't yeah. want to be here. You know what I mean? Right. I couldn't see that. How? Why would I? I wanted to be what I saw. You know, and I think right. we all do. You know, yeah,
1: I'm going to share this book with the kids at uh, D.C. Child and Family Mm -hmm. Services Foster Youth Division. I volunteer with them for 10 years and I was so surprised to see, you know, in D.C. you stay in care till you're 21. So the group that was the most at risk was 16 to 21. And that's the group that I work with. But most of them, their parents had gone to jail. Yeah. And that's how they ended up in the foster care system. So I think that this is a very powerful message mm-hmm. because I think that losing your father to the prison system through his choices have really affected your choices and the way you live your life. Yeah. And now doing it in such a positive way. So, yes, yeah, slug, you definitely check this yeah, out. You doing that, any book signings anytime
3: soon? I, I, I am. Um, I actually been doing a uh, been been partnering with uh, with Penn Faulkner mm-hmm. um, and going around all the schools. Um, That's great. They must love to hear you. It's been incredible. you incredible. The kids are like captivated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they've been, you know, what's interesting? They see them. They see themselves in Slug though. Mm -hmm. It's so much. It's not just my story. And I think that's the power of it. You know, um, so many kids and teachers have gotten back to us. You know, just talking about. I had no idea that, you know, such and such was going through that. And Mm -hmm. after you left, they talked about how much they were, you know, related to what's in the book. And, you know, and I've also been going around to universities, you know, and talking to the next wave of correctional uh, uh, professionals and and lawyers and teachers to talk about what they're going to see out there and what they should do Mm -hmm. when they get into these positions, because that's important as well. Um, to impact those is going to be going out to tackle this issue. Yeah. You know, so it's cool. Um,
0: I two last quick questions for you. You did a kind of um, Washingtonian magazine did their T-shirt campaign earlier this year, which I'm not a tourist. They never featured one black person. Yeah. Uh, and you kind of did a rally. You did a rally um, basically countering that you all were wearing. What, what did the shirt say? What was the native? Native, native. Yeah. It was a
3: uh, DC native photo shoot.
0: Did it surprise you that they did that and never had one black person I mean, knowing that Washington DC has been predominantly black for years.
3: Yeah, still black people are still the largest singular group. Uh, you know, we forty eight percent of the population. Yes. It did surprise me in a way, but in, in some ways it did not, um, because I, I felt and you know, I think many natives feel in terms of what's what was was what the city holds moving forward, is that we're not necessarily included, right? Mm-hmm. So it just you know that's why I felt the need myself and um my co uh, coordinator Angel Anderson. We felt like we needed to make a stand and do a, a, a counter shoot. You but you
1: know? had somebody on that. actually Yes, yeah, she was involved? a part of it. Part and of that. How did that miss? W-
0: she said she's a style blogger. She's white. She was asked to be on it. And she said that a couple things she learned. One, she didn't really do her due diligence to ask them who else was a part of their campaign. They just reached out to her. She had a big social media following. Blonde in the district is, is the Instagrammer. Yeah, but that
3: ain't her place. right? So no, she I didn't... thought she created it. She didn't. she no, didn't. She was, she just didn't. A... She okay, didn't. She was one it. of the right. people featured. Asked to be a part of stuff. I've never asked, like, hey, but who, who else? You know what I mean? That's not right. on her. Exactly. It's on the editor. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked to Mike, you know, and he's been a we met with him, and you know, so I appreciate him sitting down with Angel and myself. Oh, good, he did. Uh, yeah, That's we got to follow up with the with, nice. the with the broader staff. Yeah, we got to talk about how that can't happen again. I know um, why. Why is important that the Washingtonian also you know inc- incorporate some 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 natives i mean it's the washingtonian yeah you know Lead the uh, charge. In terms of, even from a business standpoint and who they cover in terms of businesses like yo let's look we got some very incredible folks that's doing amazing things like you can't be blind Is and, and i feel like this is a way to bridge i'm a i'm a i'm a uniter yeah you, you know really I mean? are I'm so like, i wasn't trying to like you know but we had to, we had to make a stand to let them know that we're still here mm-hmm. and and you know and not just this thing we hear people talk about dc um or native washingtonians or black people in dc is something like of the past right and in my oh, great thing, that's yeah. what i
0: basically just said <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: a but good. No, but okay that sounds typical sarah but we're <laughs> part of, of 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 the present and we're going to be a part of the mm-hmm. future we're mm-hmm. making amazing contributions yes. not just to dc but to this country you understand yes. what i'm saying like and I, and I and i'll stand on that consistently uh and so i think we had a great conversation i look forward to next steps You know? I mean,
0: look, you've got to come back because we have a million questions for you. Really quickly, gentrification, though, is a huge issue you talk about in Washington, D.C. Again, if you had the solution to that, what would it be? Because We see these neighborhoods being gentrified Mm -hmm. all the time.
3: Mm -hmm. It's rooted in education and economics. Mm -hmm. We got to prepare people for the jobs that are here, the jobs that will come. Um, We have to support them through. We cannot put barriers in front of them in terms of if they have criminal histories, uh, that they can't participate. Like if I'm coming home from prison and I might be, you know, Zuckerberg number two, but I can't even get a a job in IT. We got to think about those things, right? People people. With criminal histories may have to cure the AIDS. Like, who knows, right? But we're blocking a whole population and and tying the mass incarceration. Mass incarceration destabilized communities so much that people were able to swoop in and just take advantage. So we got to rebuild those uh, those blocks of folks, man. And they got stuff to contribute.
1: I think you have generations of people that are renters here in these communities. Yes, Tony was talking about this. So if you give them the opportunity to buy those places... Nice. Um, you know they will oh. be invested in those communities even more. Without question, without question, that's so right. I, think I can that's afford really that. Where that's right. I
3: get, I get the career that allowed me to, and you educate me about financial literacy and how to buy credit. All these things that sometimes people take for granted because they have it that got missed. You can't just move people, and you know you can't put band aids on a gunshot. And that's what, what they're say. doing, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. they're
0: not giving DC natives the opportunity to buy these homes that they've rented, basically because developers know they can make millions of dollars.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah. Where do we get involved? Where do we Where do start? Start by buying
3: the book. Yeah, <laughs> yes. stop. So, slug, <laughs> slug, a boy's life in the age of mass incarceration. You can find that on all platforms Amazon, iTunes, Nook, Kobo, and all that stuff. You can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Tony Lewis Jr. Mr. Tony Lewis Jr. I'm always posting the thing about community outreach, uh, community initiatives, turkey drives, toy drives, feeding okay. the homeless. Okay, okay. When's the next one? Because
0: we're there. <laughs> I really want to help. Yeah, yeah. I definitely.
3: Help. Um, I got the Operation Nourishment. We feed the the shelter at 1355 New York Avenue. It's coming up in in July, but I don't have okay. the set date. I'll let you know. Oh, wait, know. kill
0: the music. I've got one, I've got like two more questions. One thing. Sorry. Um, I've I've had this idea for a while because I always, you know, you watch a lot of TV, we watch a lot of media. Whoever has a microphone has a yeah. platform. I really want to do a program, even if it starts that it's just a field trip, for kids in DC to come and do a podcast. Every because day. these kids, especially women of color, need to be on a microphone because if you control a microphone you mm-hmm. control Absolutely. the message mm. and the people See? so I just want to plant that t- I know you got a million Let's things do it. That's easy. but no, no, no. I you- would love for these women and men to come do a podcast show we'll coach them to say to plant that in them because yes you know there's lots of careers whether it's you know they want to get involved with government or become attorneys but we need more young people becoming gr- not just fucking cheesy radio people like real right. legit radio radio, broadcasters, their real own business, news, running their running own, their media own business. business, because
1: if you do get out of prison and you can't find a job, you, you know, I often say on this podcast, the best thing I ever learned how to do was produce my own show because yes. the, the phone calls stopped coming one year and I was like well wait what am I supposed to do now well I learned how to produce my own show and these Create kids it, write it right. sell it yes. get it on air they can start these shows
0: important. so cheap and then they put yeah. these out on SoundCloud and suddenly they have a platform to tell yeah. their story. so think about that I don't awesome. know how we can collaborate but I really want to get them here we can and, and do, that. do that
3: I know that for a fact that's, that's, that's and easy one more yeah. thing this
0: is crazy I heard you used to listen to 99.5 did you did. on can the King show? show oh my I god yeah. I can't believe <laughs> that gives wife, me goosebumps my wife be
3: like yo I, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I used to listen to Kane show. Yeah, for sure. You didn't you lose a street
1: credit off that? <laughs> yeah. I can't
3: lose mine. Look. See, when you. See, I used to listen to Kane's the show. Thing. The only people that can lose it is, the, you know, when it's, a, when it's some type of act, man. I'm, you know. I'm me I love it oh yeah, my god bro, For sure, man. you are fabulous Tony <laughs>
0: Lewis Jr pick up the book A Boy's Life in the Age of Mass Incarceration you are so terrific mm. um, okay I know we don't want to put you in a position where you have to like comment on crazy stories but we do end Wednesday shows sometimes with Paul Reacts which is when we play a crazy video and we Paul just gives his like honest reaction yeah. and there was a woman at a Planet Fitness in Grand Rapids, Michigan and she lost it over a debate about Tootsie Rolls basically like they wouldn't really give the woman any more Tootsie Rolls she wanted unlimited
3: at the gym yes oh yeah they they put the yeah planet fitness yes yeah they have it out they have like out. A bowl of yeah out have, like, a bowl of tootsie rolls and no. she took them all every day well no she, <laughs> she
0: we don't know it was like 1 30 in the morning she came into the planet fitness and apparently an argument ensued about the tootsie rolls and then she trashed the planet fitness this woman is personally my hero no not there? mine
1: she was crazy
0: really that was They're too not much. No one knows to cr- Why? The, well, the guys, the men, did a great job. By the that way, was they too did much. not. I thought they would like. If that woman was, I would have tried to pummel her to the floor. But those guys were really good. They just like. Kinda let me let see her what happen. happened. All right, roll the Paul, tape. You react. Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh. Here we go. <laughs> this would be me.
1: Oh. Okay. So this is why I don't go to a twenty-four hour <laughs> gym. This is crazy. How does she get so far? Nobody stopped her?
0: I love it. They're like, okay.
1: Oh, this is too much. This is too much. I, got I want some damn Tootsie Rolls. She wanted some Tootsie Rolls. She was hungry.
0: Give her the Tootsie Rolls, for God's sake. Give her the Tootsie takes. Rolls. Yeah, why are they withholding the Tootsie Rolls? Oh, she comes back. Sorry.
1: Well, what are all those on the ground? Tootsie Rolls. rolls?
0: Mm-hmm. She's back. Hold on. Gets, well, the Tootsie gets Rolls
1: were there for the taking. my God. Somebody needs to get her together. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. She wouldn't be doing that. Get her. Get her ass. No, I would gather her so quick. Oh, no. I bet you won't.
0: No, she was just having a bad day.
1: Drag her out.
0: Oh! She falls down on the ground. Now she's back up. Oh, my God. she's going after this this guy.
1: What is this? And now
0: she's trying to fight the guy. Okay, now
1: why do women think that they can do that? This is too much. Well... No, it's just not right. You can't go after a guy because that guy could hit her once and lay her out. And knock her out. And knock her out. That's just not, that that was crazy. I mean, I hate to see any people going crazy like that, but I really, it, it looks like a mental breakdown to me, or else she was really really hungry maybe her blood sugar level dropped (laughs) i don't know that's
0: what i thought too all right that's a wrap uh paul warden style you can follow him on instagram of course tony lewis jr amazing thank you for being a great guest we'll see you guys next week bye everybody share the podcast we love you
3: bye. bye